God. I'm glad you guys were able to tune in. If you like FCC, click like and subscribe. Follow us on Facebook. And I want to challenge you to uh, send this to somebody. Also, this is fertile ground here. Consider planting a seed. Visit us at uh, our Facebook page, FCC. God bless. Amen. Amen. Good morning, FCC. I'm excited for this particular series, but this series has really been a blessing overall for us. Um, it's really made us examine our hearts and really made us examine um, qu or question what, what exactly we're doing and what exactly we're feeling. Because the first week, we talked about it's all about the heart. So we were asking ourselves, is our heart in the right place? Where is our treasure at? Because that, that's where our heart is also. In the second week, we started reviewing our test scores, which this test is kind of pass or fail when we talked about what test. Are we, when we're tested and, we're gain, and we gain increase, are we bringing it back to them? So we started looking at our test scores. How are we doing? And then we started checking God's rank in our life as we talked about the principle of first. Are we giving God our first fruits? What are, what are we doing? That's, and then we moved on to asking ourselves, am I limiting God with a poverty mindset? Am I, really, am I really believing that God wants to bless us, that God wants to, wants to do something? And so we talked about that in breaking the spirit of mammon. And now, last week, Pastor Jamie shared on, am I generous? Am I, am I giving from, with a generous heart or... Is there some underlying self-motivation? And so today, we get to talk about the principle of multiplication. Maybe of all of these, this might be the funnest one to talk about, because who doesn't love a little multiplication? Amen? Now, even though multiplication is a mathematical word, along with addition, subtraction, and division, we don't really like those as much as we like multiplication. Amen? And I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that God's in the multiplication business. Amen. Amen. So as we go through this scripture today, I really want us to dig in and, and walk through the scripture and really imagine as though we were there. Because if, as we read this, it is kind of funny to see how this all unfolds. Because I think we have a misinterpretation of what this scripture really means when we read it. So before we dive in, I'm just going to ask you to join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, we just pray that you would have your way in this place today. God, I just pray that you would position our hearts and our minds. Lord, I pray that you would help us to be sensitive to your word and to your spirit and God and what you're saying in this moment. Lord, I pray that as we leave here, we would know it's you who spoke and not me. And God, I pray that these principles would, would be written on our hearts, God. I pray that as we take away, as we, as we end out this series, that we take the big things and, and realize that you have a greater plan, that you are blessing us to be a blessing. Heavenly Father, I pray that you be with us today. We love you. We thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints of God said, amen. All right, so we're going to be in Luke chapter 9, verses 12 to 16. We'll have it on the screen here. And it says, and we're going to kind of break this down a little bit different. I'm going to go just in sections so we can kind of talk about it as we go through it. It says, when the day began to wear away, the twelve came and said to him, send the multitude away that they may go into the surrounding towns and country and lodge and get provisions for we are in a deserted place here. 
Notice it says, when the day began to wear away. Chances are they started their service like any of us at 9, 10 o'clock in the morning. And now the day is beginning to wear away, meaning it's probably about 4.30, 5 o'clock. Not quite evening, but late afternoon. And Jesus has been preaching this whole time. How many of you would stick around that long if pastor was preaching that long? <laughs> I see one hand. <laughs> Lord bless you. Um, and so he's here preaching all day. Imagine if this is, if this is fall, you already missed the 1 o'clock game. The 4.30 game is about to kick off, and you're probably going to be lucky to make the late game at 8.30. At the rate that it's going, you'll be lucky to make it home by then. And so as, this, as Jesus is preaching, the 12 kind of make a huddle, and they say, man, he's been preaching a long time. Who selected him? And of course, they're going to look at Judas and say, well, you're the, you're the cheap one. You didn't want to pay anybody, so you got this guy who did it for free, and now he's here preaching for 12 hours. So they're, they're in their little committee, right? And they send somebody up to say, you know what? We got to figure out how to kind of wrap this up. We've been here a long time, right? It's getting late. We ain't ate all day. What are we going to do with all these people? Because it said 5,000 men. But 5,000 men was their way to count families. So if you add women and children and take into consideration that there's probably four to five children per family, let's just say two to be conservative, that's a conservative 20,000 people who are standing here listening to this sermon all day long, right? So they go, it says, it says, as the day began, or when the day began to wear away, the 12 came to him and said, meaning Jesus didn't take a break. Jesus is up there teaching, and they're like, all right, so go, go catch him real quick. So can you imagine someone up here giving a word, and someone comes up, and they're like, Um, you know, this is really good. This is a blessing to us. We've been getting a lot out of this, man. I'm sure it's blessing them as well. But Jesus, I don't know if you realize this, but we've, we've been here a long time. Um, and, and we think, we think, you know what, probably the people, people are getting hungry and kind of tired. So we thought maybe if we just, you know, brought it down and then we could send them so that they could go get some food and find some rest for the night. And Jesus says, oh, the people. Yeah, yeah, you know, the people are tired and they're hungry and it's, it's getting late. And so he says, that in, in verse 13, Jesus then says, okay, you give them something to eat then. Now you're looking at 20,000 people and you, you were just told that you got to feed them. So can you imagine this disciple walks back to the committee and he's like, they're like, so is he going to pray the benediction? Well, we got to feed him. What? We, we don't have anything. And all of a sudden this little boy goes running by with five loaves and two fish. They're like, hey, I just seen that kid. Go grab him real quick. So they bring him in. They got five loaves and two fish and they're digging in their pockets. And I imagine they got some change and probably a paper clip and whatever else random you find in your pockets. They said, well, this is all we got. This ain't going to feed that many. But Jesus said, you feed them. Because we either got to come up with some food or we got to come up with some resources now. Well, that's it. This is all we have. 
just go tell Jesus, this is all we got. He's bound to let the service out because this is all we have. So they tell Jesus, the, the disciple comes back up to Jesus and says, oh, Jesus, hey, one more time, one more time. Um, you see, all we have is uh, five, five loaves and two fish. And I don't think that's enough to feed 20,000 people here. So um, we just thought maybe, maybe you'd want to let them go before. I know the market didn't get hit super hard today. There should be plenty of food there. Um, you know, maybe we could just let them go and, and, and indulge there. And um, Jesus says, oh, okay. Uh, the second half of verse 13 says, they, they said, we have no more than five loaves and two fish unless we, unless we go buy food for all these people. For there were 5,000 men. And so as we skip down to the second part of that, he then says to his disciples, go set them in groups of 50. So basically, your five loaves and two fish, that'll work. Just go set them down in groups of 50, and, uh, and we'll take care of this. You ever been in an awkward situation where you got to produce and there's, you don't really got enough to produce? Like now we got to feed these 5,000 people. We're sitting them down like we're about to feed them a plate of dinner, but we don't really have any more resources to go into this plate of dinner. So as they sit down, they get them in the groups of 50, I can just imagine how awkward it would feel standing there like, man, wait till they find out the truth that they ain't about to eat much at all. Because I don't know if you've ever seen a loaf of bread split 1,000 ways, but I never have, but I can imagine it's pretty small. One loaf split a thousand times isn't going to be very big. And so the scripture says Jesus took what they had and he blessed it. Father, bless it. And he broke it and he gave it to him. Now you stand there with a half loaf of bread and look at all the people you got to feed with a half loaf of bread. That gets kind of awkward. Now I got to come around to you with a half loaf of bread, and I'm supposed to feed you, but this is all that I have. This is it. See, right here is usually where we misinterpret how the blessing happens. And I, this is the part I really, I, we, I really need you to get. We misinterpret how the blessing happens. When Jesus broke it, he gave it back to him. He gave it back to the disciples. That's not when it multiplied. We often think Jesus broke it, blessed it, all of a sudden there's all this food all around, they just started passing it out like hotcakes. That's not how it works. He blessed it, he broke it, he gave it back to them. Then, as they began passing it out, and people were taking a piece off, in my mind, what I imagine is that loaf of bread stayed the same size. That half loaf of bread that people are grabbing a fistful of stayed the same size as they continued walking around. See, the miracle didn't happen in Jesus' hands. It happened in the disciples' hands. When you start looking at the resources you have, and we, we've talked about how to get our finances blessed, right? We bring the, our first 10%, our tithe, back to Jesus, and then he blesses our 90. When, it, when, when we have the 90, it doesn't get blessed before we disperse it. Does that make sense? 
because we often talk about 90 with God's blessing is better than 100 cursed. And it doesn't make sense because 90 is less than 100. But when it's blessed, it's in the distribution that the multiplication happens. It's in the distribution of what's blessed that the multiplication happens. I think it's completely 100% planned and beautiful that Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations. Because the multiplication happened in the disciples' hands. Jesus. When we're distributing, when we're, when we're opening up, allowing God to bless what we have, and then being willing to give, that's when our multiplication happens. That's where it comes from. And so, see, we had, we've had kind of a common theme running through the Blessed Life series. When we talked about the principle of first and we talked about bringing our tithe back first, bringing our first fruits to the Lord, we talked about how that required faith. It takes faith when you have something that's blessed and you don't have enough of it it still takes faith to give. The underlying message is it's going to take faith. Because let's be honest, none of this adds up. None of this makes sense. And I'm grateful that it doesn't make sense because to be honest with you, if it made sense to me, I'd probably be pridefully worshiping myself. But I'm glad that I serve a God whose thoughts are higher than my thoughts, whose ways are higher than my ways. And the fact that I can understand him makes me know that he is the Almighty that he's going to take care of, that he's the great multiplier, the great physician, the great provider. He's the great I am. Now I'm the great I am because I don't even understand his ways. So if you're taking notes, I got, I got two points. They're real simple, and these are what I want you to take away from today. The first one is it has to be blessed before it can multiply. It has to be blessed before it can multiply. If they would have started distributing the five loaves and two fish before it was blessed, it would not have multiplied. It would not have multiplied. It has to be blessed before it can multiply. The second part is it has to be given away before it can multiply. When we, when, we walk through, when we walk through trusting God in our finances or trusting God in our time, and we say, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, God, I'm going to give my first fruits to you. Maybe it's spending time with him in the morning. Can I tell you that if you read the Bible, God made the sun stand still? God can bless your time and stretch your day? I understand, well, but there's only 24 hours in a day. If I sleep for eight of them, if I work for eight of them, that's already 16. Now I only have eight hours. Spend an hour, two hours getting ready in the morning, I have six. I spend an hour winding down at night, I have five. I spend three hours with my daughter when I get home and two hours with my wife between making dinner, cleaning up, and then my day's already taken up. But can I tell you, even in our time, when we give God the first fruits of our time and say, you know what, God, you're a priority to me. I'm going to make time for you. That the, the rest of that will still happen. The rest of that will still go on. You'll still find out that you have enough time. Now your time's blessed. How many of you could use more time? I could. Hallelujah. 
Same principle with our finances. It's the same principle with our finances. When we give him our first fruits, the other 90, I know it doesn't make sense. And when you add it up on paper, when I add up my bills and what I have remaining, the budget may not balance. You may owe more than you have in there. But can I tell you, if he's going to multiply something, it's going to be that when it's blessed. Because let's be honest, you could have the 100 cursed and your bills could still be higher than your pay. But 90 blessed will always stretch farther than 100 cursed. It takes faith. Any of this is going to be a faith step. And it's not going to make sense. My wife used to work for um, Life Choices here in Mount Pleasant. And they always have a banquet every year. And this banquet is supposed to fund a lot of their functions throughout the course of the year. And so we go. And, you know, we weren't really, we didn't really discuss what we planned to give or anything like that. We just knew we were going because she worked there and we kind of had to. I mean, let's be honest. If you're an employee, you got to show up to the banquet. And so... We went, and they had the speaker come in, and they were powerful and talking about the ministry that's being done. And we get to this point where they then talk about money, right, about giving. And so they said, take some time, pray about it, and really just ask God what he would have you to give. So we're sitting there for a few minutes, and we're praying, and I'm thinking, and I'm like, maybe God's speaking to her because he ain't really speaking to me. But if he ain't speaking to her, then I'm giving 50 bucks. Boom. Covers the meals. At least in my head, it covered the meals. So I opened my eyes. I said, hey, did you hear anything? She said, no. Did you? I was like, no, I think we should give 50 bucks. So she said, if that's what you feel the Lord leading you to do, then okay. So we sit there for a minute, and the guy comes back up to start talking about, you know, all right, it's time to write your check, put it in the envelope. And as I turn around, God said, Double it. I say, excuse me? I mean, you know, we got some bills coming up, and I was going to, you know, throw that on there. But I thought 50. We could spare 50. And he said, no, I want you to double it. I said, oh, okay. Okay, I'm going to double it. And so we're, I'm sitting there writing out the check. And as I'm writing out the check, I got the date on there. I'm about to throw $100 down on the line. And he says, double it. I said, yeah, I know, I heard you. He said, no, double that. I said, okay, part of me wants to argue with you and tell you no. The other part of me wants to do it real fast so you don't tell me double that. So here we are. I write this check out for $200. We slap it in the envelope and send it in. Now, $200 for them, for their operating expenses, is probably just a drop in the Let's be honest. They do a lot of ministry. They do, a lot, they do it all for free. $200 to them ain't much. $200 to us at the time was a lot. Not even two days later, we get handed a card for no reason. It wasn't an anniversary. It wasn't a birthday. It wasn't any event. There's a $500 check in there. 
And I don't know, even if you do the math and says, okay, $500, and I got to tithe 50 of it, so we tithe 50 of it. Now I only have 450 left, but 450 is more than double 200. That's the kind of multiplication I like. But what I'm, what I'm saying is if God's leading you in an area to give, if God's leading you to, to, to say, look, I understand that it doesn't make sense. I understand, but this is what I'm asking you to do. Do you trust me? It takes faith to step out and do it. It takes faith to say, I, don't, I know the numbers don't add up, but I'm going to sow it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to be obedient because he's got something on the back end coming. He's got some sort of provision coming. God is a provider. God loves his children. He wants good things for his children. And this whole, this, in, in, in the, at the core of this, this stewardship principle, it's not to break you down and make you work hard. It's to fix our heart. Because to whom is faithful with little will be faithful with much. If he's saying, look, I got something bigger for you, but can you steward this? Can you walk in faith with this? If you can walk in faith with this, you can walk in faith with that because the same principles apply. The same principles apply. So I want to encourage you this morning that I understand that the numbers may not add up all the time, but that your father is a good, good father that your father is in the multiplication business. There's one story that I, that I had heard that I really feel led to share because it, it, it shows going to nothing. There's a gentleman who had many investment accounts, met a retirement account, was very wealthy, very wealthy. And God says, do you trust me? He said, yeah, sure, of course I trust you, God. He said, okay, then give me everything. He said, so like everything in the checking or everything in the savings? He said, you know what I mean. I want everything. He emptied his investments. He emptied his retirement. He emptied his checking and his savings. And he gave it to God. He said, okay, you can have it. In a year, he said, check your accounts. He said, no, I'm good, God. I, I'm good. It's okay. I don't need to check my accounts. Don't need to total anything up. It's okay. He said, no, just trust me. He checked his accounts. His accounts had more than doubled from what he gave away. What I'm, what I'm saying is God can do in an instant what we can do in a lifetime. But we just have to have faith to walk in what he's called us to. Amen. Amen. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you, God, for these principles in this word in this series, God. Lord, I just pray that you would bless us to be a blessing. Help us to fix our heart and our minds. And Heavenly Father, guide us and lead us in, in how you would have us to steward these things. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would help these principles be a blessing to us and help us to steward what you've entrusted to us. Heavenly Father, I pray that every person under the sound of my voice would walk in faith and encourage to, to trust you fully in the area of their finances, in the area of their time. Heavenly Father, in anything that they put their hands to, Lord, that they would trust that you're working something out for their good through it. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you. It's in your precious, holy, and mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen.